It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. You know why? Because Joe Dolan is a part owner of fantasypoints.com and we love joe dolan at fg underscore dolan on twitter i'm ross tucker i'm at ross tucker nfl twitter instagram facebook we are at ross tucker pod that's where you always know when any of the shows are posted and where you see the highlight clips of this show and others one of my favorite things every week is when joe starts a comment and i'm like "Ooh, is this gonna be a good one is it gonna be post worthy (laughs) Should I start taking notes? Should, should I mark the time? Eight minutes, 17 seconds. This is a this is a Joe Dolan special here. Every week, I love it. Here's the key with fantasy points, though. It's year-round. They shouldn't even be called fantasy points because they got Greg Cosell's draft stuff. They've got dynasty stuff. They've got betting stuff for the playoffs. They've got DFS stuff. They've got any stuff your stuff could need, okay? Fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST. I mean, look at Joe. He literally put up a Christmas tree behind him for this podcast because it is championship week. He cares about you. He cares about the visual for YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And all he wants for Christmas is more FantasyPoints.com subscriptions using the code FEAST under that tree right there. That's all he wants. So please, it's not for me. It's not even for you. It's for Joe. Do it for Joe for the holidays. Put a fantasypoints.com subscription underneath his tree using the code FEAST. You like that, Joe? I do like it, Ross. Thanks for selling. You put my mom's house over. Uh, uh, I appreciate that as as well. Uh, yeah, my mom. This is my mom's Christmas tree. She she likes fat ones. This one's an absolute unit. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, came, I, I came to see my mom... Uh, uh, my wife and I are going to be spending Christmas by ourselves with our dogs in our new home. Uh, but we, we came up to see my mom and, and uh, it's been a wild week. I appreciate uh, you guys adjusting your schedule for me, but uh, Hey, look, Ross, we got it. We got it. We got to win. It's week 16. Your fantasy leagues are over. Um, and uh, let me just get to a general point right now. I don't know how the new NFL playoff format is going to affect playing time. Because there's only one buy. So there is now a significant difference between the first and second seed as opposed to the second and third seed. And when there were more teams competing for that second seed and that second buy in years past, I would think there would be fewer teams resting starters. And now you look at, you know, a team like potentially Buffalo, um, a team like Pittsburgh, which are now essentially not going to be able to advance to the number one seed barring collapse by Kansas City. Does something happen with those teams this week? That's something we're going to have to monitor throughout the week. Now, for Pittsburgh, I don't know what resting starters is going to help that team. We'll get to them when we talk about the Steelers. But um, it's just something to monitor when teams could be potentially locked into that number one seed. I think the whole point of this was um, the NFL wanted to avoid – teams locking themselves into buys and they thought by only having one team getting the buy well already the AFC is showing when you have one team running away with it 
that becomes problematic. So we're going to have to talk about that when we get to Kansas City and Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Yeah, because there's really not that much of a difference between the two, three, or four seeds. Correct. Especially when there's no fans. So home field advantage mm-hmm. isn't as much of a thing. So that's a really, really interesting point, Joe. Well, let's start with the game that is on Christmas Day. And yes, Joe, I will be setting what I believe is a world record for calling a football game every single day of the week in the same season. I already have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. The only thing I needed in my arsenal, Joe, was Friday – Your boy is calling the Vikings and Saints on Christmas Day. Boom! Every day of the week. That's awesome. All right. Vikings, narrow fantasy team. Saints, Breeze is back. Talk to me. Well, the Saints, um, the question is, how does Drew Breeze resemble the second half Drew Breeze in that game last week uh, against Kansas City? Or is he the first half Drew Breeze, the one who started that game like 0 of 7 with an interception? Um, he obviously got into a groove and and finished the game 15 and 34. That is not a number we expect to see from Drew Brees, but he ended up throwing three touchdowns. It looks like he needed time to get back and get acclimated. Just keep an eye on his status this week to see if there's any soreness to him. Um, Alvin Kamara, you would think with Brees back, his usage is going to go back through the roof. He led the team with six targets last week uh, in that game against Kansas City. Um, Taysom Hill now vultured a touchdown after, thanks for your service, Taysom. You were a top five fantasy quarterback. Now you're back to being a vulture. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, the number one receiver with Michael Thomas on IR. I mean, really, when it comes to the Saints, I think you could consider Brees as a lower end QB1. I think Kamara is obviously a super high-end RB1. Emmanuel Sanders is a wide receiver three, and you potentially take a shot on Jared Cook as a tight end, but with no Michael Thomas, the Saints do not have all that many appealing fantasy players right now, despite the total of this this game being 52. But with the Saints a seven-point favorite, you would expect that Alvin Kamara is going to get his work, and I would love to be able to say uh, Latavius Murray is going to get his work as well. He did score last week, but it was not in the way you anticipated. It was a 24-yard reception against Kansas City. He had only seven opportunities in that game. He is a prayer RB3 flex option, but with the same a seven-point favorite in this game, you might think that he could get some work in the Superdome on Christmas Day. Okay. Uh, on the other side, the Vikings. Oh, Ross, I it, it just felt like this was coming all year. And despite Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson having phenomenal years, and, and Jefferson, by the way, against Chicago had a good game. He caught eight passes for 104 yards. Adam Thielen, two for 11, though he did score a touchdown, was a killer for me in some of my fantasy leagues. And the unfortunate thing is, with the way we know those two guys can produce, you just can't sit them. So if you manage to to weather the storm of Adam Thielen catching only two passes, obviously it's a very good spot, theoretically. Theoretically, it's a very good spot because it's a 52-point total and Minnesota is a seven-point underdog. But we know that Saint defense has been very, very good lately, although Jalen Hurts and certainly Patrick Mahomes have uh, exposed some cracks in that defense the last couple of weeks. I just don't know if Kirk Cousins has that kind of dynamic ability that Hurts and clearly Mahomes have. So this is going to be a Dalvin Cook game. 
You got to play Jefferson. You got to play Thielen. You can't avoid doing that at this stage. But Kirk Cousins, I think there is a chance you view this as a game where maybe he could turn the ball over two or three times. Saturday, we've got three games. A triple header Saturday, Mm -hmm. December 26th, starting with the Bucks and the Lions. Well, with the Saints dropping back-to-back games now to Philadelphia and then to Kansas City, there is new life for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It looked like that division was a wrap. Uh, Not not anymore. Uh, Tampa Bay's got a shot here, and obviously they – well, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, Ross, but Tom Brady came back from three scores down against the Atlanta Falcons last week. You ever see that before? (laughs) Uh, So he uh, he comes back and he – throws for 390 against Atlanta and if you have this Tampa Bay offense and you again weathered some bad fantasy storms uh with with this offense not clicking you have flopped the nuts you have flopped the nuts in the two playoff weeks against Atlanta's poor defense and then against Detroit's abominable defense Tom Brady in this passing game I know it has been like pulling teeth But everybody produced last week against Atlanta. Mike Evans goes for 110. Antonio Brown catches his first touchdown pass since returning to the NFL. Chris Godwin catches a touchdown pass. Gronkowski, though he only had three catches for 29 yards, tied for the team lead with seven targets. This is obviously a situation where you want to be playing Brady and his pass catchers in this game. And then we have to keep an eye on the backfield. Is Ronald Jones going to be back from that pinky surgery? Leonard Fournette, it wasn't pretty, but he scored two touchdowns and he caught three passes. He came through for you if if you had to start Leonard Fournette in Week 15. What about the Lions? Stafford played, was valiant, then he went out. Um, I, I think he'll play. Uh, Swift had a nice day. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, that game was out of, out of reach at the end, and Tennessee had just pounded them all game. Um, Swift Swift is an RB1. Um, I think – I thought – the thing that I loved about DeAndre Swift – by the way, they're 10-point they're underdogs in this game, so they're going to be throwing – um, the thing I love about DeAndre Swift was he fumbled at the goal line at the beginning of that game, and Daryl Bevel went back to him. And I wonder, would Matt Patricia have done the same? And I, I, I suppose that's an unanswerable question, but Daryl Bevel went to his young guy, and he utilized him, and he used him, and I thought it was a great showing. Um, obviously, at this point, I don't expect Kenny Galladay to be back. I don't know why the Lions would bring him back. Um, Stafford, I wish... I wish Matthew Stafford would have an opportunity to play for a winner. That's a discussion in the offseason. Can Detroit bring in the right coach? Because I don't think they'll move Stafford. Um, uh, But at this stage against this defense, I think I'd want to avoid everybody with the exception of DeAndre Swift and Marvin Jones. And, of course, TJ Hawkinson, who lost a fumble and only had four targets in that game. It was a really poor time for TJ Hawkinson to have his worst game of the season last week. Yeah, it was. All right. Niners and the Cardinals, 4.30 p.m. Is this game Amazon only? Wow, people are going to be freaking out. 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Looks like it's Amazon only. Yeah, and um, it's a a four-and-a-half point line, so this should be a tight game. Um, San Francisco, you look at the backfield, and I think it's Jeff Wilson time because Raheem Mostert, he said, my ankle's not going to be the same. He's been dealing with the high ankle all season long. Um, so I think Jeff Wilson is the guy you're going to want to roll with here for San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk 
obviously has been a target hound the last number of weeks with Debo Samuel hurt. What are the chances Debo plays in this game? If he does, I don't want to use him. Um, I suppose San Francisco could designate George Kittle to play in this game. Again, I don't know why they'd risk it in a lost season. Let George Kittle get to the offseason. You've been the most injured team in professional football this year. Let him get to the offseason. But this is one of those guys where week 16, I typically don't want to play guys who've been out for a while and they're coming back from injury. I wouldn't play Debo Samuel, for instance. But the tight end position is so narrow that if George Kittle does play in this game, I think I can advocate using them. You know, Arizona gave up a couple long receptions to Zach Ertz, of all people, last week. You know, Zach Ertz needed some oxygen after running 20 yards down the field uh, last week. And I, I think I could advocate playing George Kittle if he goes. I just don't know, if I were San Francisco, why I would play George Kittle in this football game. But there is an opportunity he goes. But um, Nick Mullins, you can probably find a better option this, this week unless you're in a two quarterback league um obviously uh cj bethard um came into that game late maybe he gets the start it's just a bad situation here for san francisco um i would pack it up and head to 2021 i don't think john lynch and kyle shanahan are at risk of losing their jobs those guys should be focused on next season and we're gonna have to keep an eye on what the uh, uh the injury status for some of their players are but jeff wilson's the guy i'm focused on when he gets carries he produces he could be an rb1 in this matchup all right Cardinals, man, Kyler got it going. Mm-hmm. Um, the receivers, very impressive. And then you got the running back situation. There's a lot of guys, I feel like, in the Cardinals that people have on their fantasy teams, Joe. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins was awesome uh, against Philadelphia. I mean, they, both DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald, you know, I like DeAndre Hopkins in that matchup because Philly was down three starters in the secondary, including Darius Slay. But then you look at the, the, the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown against Philly and you're like, dude, Darius Slay could have been there because it was good coverage, and he still hauls it in. I mean, I it was an unbelievable catch. Kyler is getting hot at the right time. We mentioned last week that it looked like he was feeling good because he ran 13 times. What does he do against Philly? He goes for eight runs, and he gets back in the end zone. So he's producing big numbers with his legs and with his arm, carrying you into your fantasy championship weeks. Thank you, Kyler, by the way. He threw for 406 yards in that game and three touchdowns. Kyler's in your lineup. Um, uh, Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake, both kind of RB2s in this matchup. There was a, um, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld guy, Ross, but uh, I think a lot of people in fantasy hate the Drake after last week um, because Philadelphia really bottled him up. Um, But Chase Edmonds got in the end zone. Edmonds is more of a flex. After what Tony Pollard did to the 49ers last week, I would consider Kenyon Drake on the RB2 radar this week. But uh, Kyler Murray, um, throwing for 406. Here is the problem, though, and not that he's somebody you're playing in a fantasy championship, but Kyler Murray goes for 406, and Christian Kirk has 33 yards. I mean, what what's going on here with this guy? It's all Hopkins, the backs, even Dan Arnold, the tight end, getting involved. Christian Kirk has 33 yards. Not somebody you want to be playing in a fantasy championship game. There's no two ways about that. Saturday night, it is the Hawaiian Showdown. Tua Tungo-Vailoa and the Dolphins against Marcus Mariota and the Las Vegas Raiders. So there's a number of reasons why this will be our DraftKings featured game. Number one, Raiders are are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Number two, it's a 47-and-a-half-point total. Number three, everybody in the state of Hawaii will be watching. Number four, DraftKings has that Saturday slate where you can pick guys from the three games on Saturday 
over at DraftKings DFS and have a blast. Number four, Joe, please tell me that somewhere out there, there is a fantasy championship that's going to be won by Marcus Mariota. It's possible. Please tell me that that is a possibility. I wouldn't advise it because of how good Miami's defense is. Um, but there's going to be two quarterback leagues. There's going to be somebody who, hey, you know, my quarterbacks were Carson Wentz and I was riding Taysom Hill and and now I'm stuck. Uh, or I had Derek Carr and I'm stuck. And Marcus Mariota has the legs. And look, I know the Raiders have fallen out of contention. This game matters to Miami and Tua, certainly. But don't tell Marcus Mariota this game doesn't matter. Because Marcus Mariota is now, he's a lapsed generational type prospect, number two overall pick. Obviously got unseated in Tennessee. Tennessee made by far the right decision going with Ryan Tannehill. Marcus Mariota is, is kind of shamed. And, oh, what happened to Mariota? You remember Mariota? Remember when people were talking Jameis versus Marcus and neither guy's a starter now? Marcus Mariota is trying to stick in the NFL. Marcus Mariota wants to extend his career. He wants to get a shot to be a starter again. So don't tell Marcus Mariota this game doesn't matter. The problem is for Marcus Mariota, he's playing the Miami Dolphins, and this defense is nasty. And when it comes to the the, the Las Vegas Raiders here, it's a total of 48, which isn't very high. It's it's not a, a matchup where I am excited about playing anybody with the exception of Darren Waller. And Josh Jacobs is probably an RB2 for you. We, we're, we're over the, the Josh Jacobs fantasy trolling. Um, people have been extra nasty to fantasy players this year. Raheem Mostert, by the way, got uh, got some crap for getting hurt. God forbid. I mean, a guy's playing a contact sport and he gets hurt. Um, so uh, p- fantasy players are extra angry. Don't do that stuff. But Josh Jacobs, RB2. Darren Waller, I'm excited about. But Mariota against this defense – he looked good last week. There's no two ways about that. He did look good. But I'm going back on the years, and I'm going back through the film and the recent performance in Tennessee that suggests I don't want to play this guy against a really good Miami defense. What about people that have guys like Gesicki, Devontae Parker, maybe a Miles Gaskin? Unbelievable the Dolphins were able to beat the Patriots without any of those guys. I mean, it's just a testament to Brian Flores. I mean, what a job he's done. Uh, what a what a job Chan Gailey's done with Tua. And look, I know Tua throws for 145 in that game on 26 pass attempts. I don't really care. He wasn't throwing the ball to anybody. I mean, there was nobody getting uh, who was worth a damn getting targets in that game. I mean, Lynn Bowden had seven targets. Durham Smythe had five targets. I mean, these are not guys you want playing in a must-win game, which Miami had. My question for Miami is, even if Miles Gaskin's back, why do you go away from Salvon Ahmed? He runs for 122 and a touchdown coming off the shoulder injury. That's somebody who I think is an RB2, but you do want to keep an eye on who's available in that game. Maybe maybe it just knocks him down if Gaskin's available because Matt Breida had a great game as well going for 12 for 86 in that game. Um, Gesicki and Parker, my, uh, my question is truly, was that some gamesmanship from Flores against his former boss of Belichick? Hey, these guys are questionable. They might play and then they don't. Um, uh, they got some limited practices in, especially Gesicki. And I wonder if Miami looked at this and said, I think we can beat the Patriots who can't score points. I think we can beat them without Gesicki and Parker, and they wanted to get them ready against a worse defense. I think maybe that's a possibility here in this game. Um, Gesicki, if he goes, is a tight end one. He had been producing big-time numbers with Tua. Um, 
that has not been the case for Devontae Parker. If Parker goes, I think he's more of a wide receiver three because I like the matchup, but the numbers have not been there from Tua with Devontae Parker. But of the two Hawaiian quarterbacks in this game, Melikamikimaka, Ross, Melikamikimaka. Uh, I completely botched that uh, here with the Christmas tree behind me. My wife's probably laughing at me in the other room. Uh, of the two Hawaiian quarterbacks in this game, two was the one I would play for fantasy if I needed one. Melekalike Maka is the time. <laughs> I don't know any of the words. I just know that. I like I'm that song. I'm more the It's awesome. All right. Yeah. Speaking of awesome, let's get to some Sunday games. Uh, this is interesting. I was going to say Carolina, Washington, but they just moved that game. So I'm not going to get into that. Let's do Colts Steelers. Wow. Uh, I'll let you decide where to start on that one. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are just utterly broken right now. And I mean, there was some talk that Mason Rudolph was going to replace Ben Roethlisberger in that game. And, uh, Ross, here's the thing. We know Ben's um, arm isn't what it used to be. But watching that game last night against Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati's coming out, and they're just flat out fooling Ben Roethlisberger with some coverages. You know, he's throwing the ball directly to defenders. He doesn't see safeties coming out from over the top. He doesn't see linebackers dropping back into coverage. I mean, there was uh, Ben Roethlisberger Ross was making rookie mistakes in that game. So you you put that on top of the arm strength struggles. How how can you feel good about this team right now offensively? I mean, it's terrible. And you know, I thought it was convenient. Ben decides, hey, I'm coming back for my 18th season. My question is, does Pittsburgh want him to? After after what's happened these last couple of weeks, and I look at this two ways. I think Ben could probably benefit from a physical and a mental break right now. But can the Pittsburgh Steelers afford to rest starters right now when they're on a three-game losing streak, especially after losing to one of the three worst teams in the NFL with Ryan Finley at quarterback? I don't know if this could be a bloodbath out there against Indianapolis's defense after what I saw Cincinnati do to Ben Roethlisberger last week. So, um uh, Benny Snell, by the way, should be the running back right now because Pittsburgh finally was able to run the football in that game. James Conner's been injured. Um, I would think that, that that's something that's going to work for them. Uh, so I think they should keep doing it. Deontay Johnson gets targets whenever he's out there. I don't know how you could sit him. But who else on Pittsburgh do you feel good about? We discussed this last week, Ross. Six weeks ago, you and I were in lockstep. I think this team's going to the Super Bowl. Now I struggle to see them winning a playoff game. It, uh, it has changed dramatically. There's no question. What about on the other side? The Colts are all of a sudden a high-scoring bunch. Yeah, uh, well, the, they've made the switch in the backfield. Um, I think all the quotes that I read last week, hey, we wanted Jonathan Taylor to seize this backfield. He's done it. He has officially done it. Um, for the first time all year, Jordan Wilkins did not play a snap in that game. So – this is Jonathan Taylor. This is Naeem Hines. These guys are in that backfield. Taylor is a hammer RB1. He's been a league winner. You're obviously playing him. I think Naeem Hines you can use as a kind of a flex option, but it's Taylor's backfield for sure. 
Um, T.Y. Hilton has come alive a little bit for uh, for the Colts. Zach Pascal scored two touchdowns last week, but Hilton's really the only guy I want to play in this passing game. Um, I really would prefer not to use Phillip Rivers, but with Pittsburgh's injuries, like they the edge rushing, you know, uh, Ryan Finley rushes for a touchdown against them. Derek Watt, obviously, uh, um, uh, excuse me, um, it was Derek Watt got hurt, but um, uh, they've had injuries on the defensive side of the football that have really limited them. It's not as scary a defense as it was a number of weeks ago. So I think you could say Phillip Rivers is hot right now, and I'm going to keep riding him, although I'd prefer probably, in my, in my preference, to pick up somebody else off of the waiver wire. Falcons and the Chiefs. Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan, uncanny ability to put up great numbers in a losing effort. Uncanny. <laughs> Uh, and he did it without Julio Jones for the first time all season. Uh, but look, hey, look, there was in that first half, he was playing the game of his season. And then, of course, then Tom Brady happened. Um, Calvin Ridley's in your lineup. Russell Gage has been hot with Julio Jones injured. Um, uh, there's nobody in this backfield. I guess Edo Smith's the lead guy now. But I told you weeks ago, Todd Gurley was done. They have confirmed that. I mean, he had one carry for negative one yard in that game. It's Ridley. It's Gage. Um, Hayden Hurst finally woke up. He got into the end zone, but I mean, if you think they're going to need to put up points, I think you can put Matt Ryan out there, but I am going to look at the recent trends. Okay. And Matt Ryan's numbers without Julio Jones have been miserable all year. He put him up against Tampa Bay in a tough effort. Um, again, if you think that now is Matt Ryan without Julio Jones, by all means, this game has a 53 and a half point over under it's a 10 and a half point line so atlanta atlanta can't run it anyway so you know atlanta's gonna throw but i i just don't i i think this could be a problematic spot for matt ryan he could turn the ball over a lot get sacked a bunch in this game on the other side you've got the chiefs who are the chiefs and i feel like we don't even need to say anything about them every week although yep what about Le'Veon bell now that yeah. Clyde edwards elara looks like he'll i don't think he'll play until the playoffs now. Yeah, if, if he plays in the playoffs, high ankle and an associated hip injury. Le'Veon Bell is an RB2. Um, they don't run the football, uh, although they did last week. Uh, I think they viewed it as something they could do against the Saints. But Le'Veon Bell is an RB2 uh, in this game. You, I, I think he should pro- almost certainly be in your lineup. I, I have a hard time believing you have like three running backs better than Le'Veon Bell uh, if you picked him up off the waiver wire. Just keep an eye, not that you're benching Tyreek Hill, but just keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on him because I think he's not 100%. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. I just think, uh, to me, that means Mahomes, as he did last week, is going to gravitate more and more towards Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Um, All right. The Bears. Bears against the Jags. Are people going to win fantasy leagues, Joe? With Bears skill guys? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, D- David Montgomery's been phenomenal. Ever since Mitchell Trubisky got back in the lineup, David Montgomery has been like, I, I mean, he's right up there with like Derrick Henry in terms of overall fantasy producers. He has been phenomenal. He, they're seven and a half point favorites in this game. David Montgomery could see another 30 targets, uh, 30 carries rather. Allen Robinson, 
He's been getting it done. He's in your lineup as a wide receiver two, wide receiver one kind of option. Uh, Darnell Mer- Mooney has been a guy probably with 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 uh, you, at this point you probably have better options, but he's been coming alive of late. He scored last week against Minnesota, and heck, I think Mitchell Trubisky is playing maybe the best football of his career right now against Jacksonville's defense. I think he's a viable streamer. So yeah, Chicago Bears skill guys are going to win you fantasy championships, and they might well have saved Matt Nagy's job at this point. Unbelievable. Um, and and look, they, can you imagine, Joe, if they had beaten the Lions, if they hadn't fumbled at the ending of the Lions? They'd be eight and six playing the Jags. Yeah. Be and nine we, and six. Yep. An opportunity. I uh, believe they're still alive for the playoff hunt. Um, my focus is more on fantasy, but obviously, you know, Chicago, they're, they're trying to win every game. There's people here trying to save their jobs, okay? We always say, "Oh, why don't why don't they pack it up? You know, why don't the Lions pack up Stafford for the year? Daryl Bevel's not going to be there next year, okay? Like Daryl Bevel is like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pack it in. You know, Matt Nagy ain't going to pack it in whether they're eliminated or not. He wants to save his job. Mitchell Trubisky has been the punchline for every joke told in Chicago for the last three years. He doesn't want to pack it in. He wants to get a job. He wants to he wants to prove, hey, I got something." You know, I might have been overdrafted, but there was a reason I was I was a top three pick in the NFL draft. That's what Mitchell Trubisky wants to say. So, no, these guys aren't going to pack it in, you know, and, and and they're still fighting. So, no, I mean, Chicago, like, you're right. These guys are winning you championships because they are as motivated as anybody out there. On the uh, Jaguars front, what do you got? Uh, absolutely nothing. James Robinson is hurt. Um, I would not anticipate that he's going to play in this game. Just keep an eye on his status because if he goes, you want to play him. But against Chicago's defense, look, Gardner Minshew comes back and you're like, whoa, DJ Chark, four for 53. I mean, okay, but not great. Chris Conley scored a touchdown last week. You're not playing him. The other touchdown that Jacksonville scored was a throw to James Robinson. He got hurt. So th- this is one of those teams that I think right now we can ignore for fantasy in week, in week 16. Bengals at the Texans. Ryan Finley is a machine, Joe. You can't stop Ryan Finley. No, not really. (laughs) Gio Bernard, though. Gio Bernard probably helps some people. Yeah, uh, I mean, the problem is uh, he was helping people. uh, He was helping people who uh, forgot to set their lineups three weeks ago and were already eliminated because (laughs) Gio Bernard was benched two weeks ago, and then he comes back for 25 for 83, scores two touchdowns. Ryan Finley completes seven passes in that game. You know, Tyler Boyd gets the concussion. Uh, I'm still a little hesitant to go, hey, look at this. The problem is it's a bad Texan defense. So if, if you're still alive, maybe Gio Bernard was on the waiver wire. I think maybe you can go out there and pick him up. Uh, and play him as an RB2 or a flex in this game because it's a bad defense. The problem is with Finley, quarterback, Tyler Boyd dealing with the concussion. Um, I think the only receiver here that I would feel good about is Higgins, who had six targets. Um, But I would probably prefer to avoid this passing game, even in this matchup. I know they beat Pittsburgh, but they did it with Ryan Finley completing seven passes. So that just says way more about Pittsburgh than it does about anybody else. Um, Okay. On the other side, you got the Texans. Feels like Deshaun Watson still kind of finds a way, sort of, no matter what. Yeah, uh, uh, he's uh, he 
made the Pro Bowl, justifiably so made the Pro Bowl. Um, I know a lot of people are upset about Ryan Tannehill not making it. How about David Johnson out of nowhere, by the way, catching 11 passes in that game? Uh, I, I think you, you, you play David Johnson, you played Deshaun Watson, and I Kuti and Brandon Cooks, I think, are wide receiver threes in this matchup against a Cincinnati defense that, well, frankly, we'd been targeting it all year, but they did a heck of a job against Ben Roethlisberger last week. Yeah, they did. All right, Giants and the Ravens. Okay, so I would kind of expect Daniel Jones to be back for the Giants. Does it make a difference? No. Uh, We just said ignore the Jaguars. Now I want to ignore the Giants who might have the worst offensive professional football right now. Um, Daniel Jones helps, uh, but I I don't want to play anybody against Baltimore. Wayne Gallman, thanks for your service, buddy. Um, But nine carries for 29 yards, didn't get it done. Um, I guess the one guy who you would say is okay from the Giants is Evan Ingram just because of the tight end position in general. But it's a bad matchup. Um, uh, this is, you, uh, you don't win fantasy championships trying to go galaxy brain and saying, hey, I like the Giants against the Ravens because of this. No, it's just like DFS is a different story. Um, you know, you, maybe you find some edge with a lower owned player, but here's the thing. When you go, when you play DFS and you're trying to find an edge saying, you know, I kind of like Darius Slayton here, or I kind of like Wayne Goldman. The reason you say that is because it's a lower percentage play that you think can hit. You play DFS differently than you do in season long. And I can't imagine there are many season long teams out there excited to play the New York Giants skill position players in your championship game against the Baltimore Ravens. What about the Ravens on the other side? All of a sudden, they're starting to put up a bunch of points. Yeah, unfortunately, like their run game, Lamar Jackson, um, uh, and J.K. Dobbins and, and, and Gus Edwards had killed you for months, but now they're looking like the 2019 version of the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson all of a sudden is right back to the top of the QB heap. Weeks ago, I was telling you how the guy wasn't even close to justifying the, the pick that he went with. If you made it to this point with Lamar Jackson, he's putting up big numbers. you got to play him. Uh, J.K. Do- Mark Ingram was a healthy scratch. They have given that backfield to J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Dobbins is an RB2. Gus Edwards is a flex option in this game. Hollywood Brown, all of a sudden, 6 for 98, back on the wide receiver 3 radar. And Mark Andrews is a tight end that you must play. 5 for 66 in a touchdown last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this Raven offense right now, is looking like the Raven offense that we analyzed in August when we were telling people, you know, I like J.K. Dobbins in the middle rounds. Mark Ingram is a top three tight end option you should be drafting. Um, Marquise Brown is one of my favorite targets. It didn't work that way all through the month of November. We got to December, and they seem to have figured something out. Unfortunately, you might not have made it to this point by drafting those guys, but now those guys are helping you in your fantasy playoffs. If maybe you picked somebody up, you swung a trade, um, uh, all kinds of situations could be happening, but right now the Baltimore Ravens are helping you in a big way. Pretty unbelievable that the Ravens are like the anti-Steelers. They're starting to get hot now. Yep, exactly. The Steelers are going by the, the way, way. They're currently out of the playoff hunt. They're not in. They're not in right now. So the Ravens uh, um, goes without saying. They they have to be full steam ahead. They have to win games right now. Okay, so Browns are at the Jets. Last game here in episode one of the Fantasy Feast. We always do two each week. We do the Friday nighter this week. The Saturday nighters. The Sunday one o'clock. Then we'll do the late games and the Monday nighter. 
The Browns. I mean, Baker Mayfield is playing awesome right now, Joe. Yeah, the play action game's really working for Baker. And, you know, the Odell Beckham thing, like they, they, hey, we didn't use Odell Beckham. Uh, um, when Odell Beckham goes out, Baker Mayfield has all of a sudden looked better. Jarvis Landry's putting up numbers. Um, I obviously think Baker Mayfield, uh, he was a guy I was picking up two weeks ago simply because of this week 16 tilt with the Jets, who, by the way, ruined my season. Um, uh, uh, well, they ruined the season of Jets fans by winning that game, but they ruined my season because I was. I was targeting the Jets as a as a streamer uh, in terms of streaming quarterbacks against them, and they made Jared Goff look silly in that game. So they ruined my season in a league. Uh, but I Baker Mayfield, frankly, is playing better football than Jared Goff right now. So I would throw Baker Mayfield out there as a QB1 in this matchup. You know what to do with Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt's been a huge disappointment lately. Um, but I still think he could get going against the Jets' defense. Uh, Cleveland is a, obviously a favorite in this game. Uh, they are... Uh, I think nine and a half, ten point favorites at most spots. So they anticipate that this is going to be a game where they're going to be able to run the football. Baker, uh, the thing with Baker is the only receiver I really want to play from from this team is Jarvis Landry. But Baker's been mixing the ball around, so he's been the guy getting the numbers. So Baker Mayfield, absolutely love him in this spot. Nick Chubb, love him as I always do. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I think, despite the stinker last week, you could consider an RB two in this matchup. And I like Jarvis Landry in this spot as well against the New York. Jets. One week is not going to change my opinion on what to do about the New York Jets. I am targeting them for, for fantasy in terms of using uh, their opposition against them. Anybody on offense for the Jets? No. no, no, no. I mean, I know Frank Gore had a touchdown, but he had uh, 23 carries for 59 yards. Uh, maybe Jamison Crowder, 6 for 66 last week. You can throw in there as a wide receiver 3. Um, but I know Jets fans are, are just hoping and praying that uh, they lose this game they uh <laughs> they they uh are very disappointed about the trevor lawrence scenario i went on R jets reddit just to read what was going on and it was just it was very sad for us <laughs> it was enough to depress you uh after winning that game against the rams they have a sean mcveigh hate thread up there on reddit they were very upset about mcveigh because he lost the super bowl to the patriots and then lost to the jets when the jets really need to lose um it, uh, for fantasy, it, nothing changes for me with the Jets. It's a losing proposition to be playing these guys uh, in your championship week. It is a winning proposition to listen to Joe and the Fantasy Feast podcast, especially part two, which we will record momentarily, post shortly after midnight. So you all have it Wednesday morning for your Wednesday morning commute, hump day, whatever, travel for the holidays. We will get you through the rest of the games. You'll be all set ready to go, including that Washington-Carolina game that just got moved to being a late game. Please go to FantasyPoints.com, use the code FEAST. You will be very happy that you did it. It's basically just an awesome year-round football information site. Other than I'm stuffed, but let's have dessert. Part two coming up now. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.